like twin sons on a womp rat's tail, welcome back to the Tumbling Saber podcast, everybody. I'm Kyle. I'm Murray. I'm Nathan. Time for us to talk about the comics and the books, and it's time to get Nathan and Marie back on the pod. How's it going, everybody? Marie, what's up? It's going great. Things are looking nice and clean in my apartment, I mean condo, and I had family and friends over this weekend, and they all loved it, and my Dragon Con trivia win painting is up, and it's beautiful and huge. And everyone was ooing and aahing over it, so that was exciting. Did you, I mean, did you have to like scrub some puke out of the carpet, or or get some uh, footprints off the ceiling? What kind of party was this? <laughs> um, I had friends over on Saturday night and family over on Sunday afternoon, and it is funny because my grandmother, when I talked to her on the phone inviting her over and told her friends were coming the night before, she said, "I hope they don't make a big mess." <laughs> Isn't that what friends are for? <laughs> and actually, I feel like the mess was worse after my family than after my friends. Yeah, that's I fair. mean, it wasn't a huge mess, but like, you know, party stuff, cleaning up. But um, it, that was pretty funny. <laughs> but I got to show off my place and it's all organized and hasn't been since I was little. So... I'm pleased. Awesome. And and the tri- when's the next uh, trivia engagement? I don't know. Well, that's because they're all afraid of you. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. So the tournament's still going, and I'm playing along with it and practicing and everything and enjoying that. Um, and we'll find out probably mid-June, the winner of the Star Wars tournament. So I'm excited to see who wins and not having really a stake in the game anymore. So that'll be, you know, I I, I kind of have, I, I don't know, it's, it's weird because so Gold Leader beat me by going perfect. And then there's Thomas Harper, who's from Dragon Con, and, you know, I, and then there's Zach Burkett from Dragon Con, and so I don't know if I want the Dragon Con people to be duking it out, just to give Dragon Con <laughs> some rep, or if I want Gold Leader to win the whole thing, to be like, look, I got beat by the guy who won it. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, there's a certain validation to that saying, you see, nobody else could do it either, so... I feel better. And how do exactly. you someone who goes perfect? Like, even if you went perfect, what are you, you going to do? It's... So I went to multiple choice once. So there is a legitimate chance that I could have gone perfect, except for going down to multiple choice once. And I still would have lost. Yeah, that's a, yeah, you got a tough draw there. <laughs> I was like, they gave me the hardest person. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? It builds character, Marie. It it, it gets they they say you you have to learn to lose before you learn to win, which I think is just a ridiculous statement. But every elite fan. Oh, Nathan, this is that's you know that that's a thing that I'm still riding high on. It's uh oh boy, <laughs> I don't understand how that happened. By the way. Oh, but Nathan, welcome back to the pod. What's going on, man? Oh, uh, same old, same old, I guess. Uh, 
been fairly light on Star Wars, actually. Uh, this week in particular, I had a pretty heavy Trek week, actually. Been watching a lot of Trek. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I you, gotta, you gotta give us more than that. What kind of Trek? You going all over the map or are you deep diving well, on something? Well, I, I'm I'm watching through for my first time all of Trek. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I started maybe two years ago and got through most of the original series. I'm actually going back <laughs> and filling in some of those gaps now. But I, I watched all of TNG. I'm on the last season of DS9. Oh, no. And he's and Scotty beamed him out. <laughs> oh, there he is. Yeah. He's back. Oh no! Where did I where did I cut off? Uh, T- TNG. You were in somewhere into Deep Space Nine. Okay, yeah, I'm at, uh, I'm on the last season of DS Nine now, so it's uh, it's steady going. But uh, finished up season six of DS Nine this week. And into season seven, so really enjoying that. Um, you know, as, as a first time through, like it's uh, it's interesting to pick up the references that I've missed for the last, you know, <laughs> lifetime 20, 25, <laughs> 30, 35 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, that's a lot of fun, but um, as far as Star Wars, yeah, I mean, just the usual picking up the comics. Pre-ordering books. I've got some figures pre-ordered that seem to be taking an eternity to get shipped out. It's uh, pretty painful. I did order. I pre-ordered the um, Dr. Aphra bust from Gentle Giant. Oh, oh I can't wait. I can't wait. That's going to sit on the desk next to the computer when we record. That's. Uh, I'm excited to get that one. Um, and you know, bad batch, all that yeah. good stuff. Um, before actually today I watched, uh, the director in the Jedi and man, it's been a couple of years since I sat down and watched that. It is so good. <laughs> I forgot how good I know it was good, but I forgot how good it was. Oh, I love that thing. Yeah. That's a, that's a, Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's my favorite documentary or the one for Phantom Menace. Yeah, it's it's the beginning. Of, well, and they're really comparable because they're they're both such honest looks at the these productions, and it's uh, it's so much. Actually, it was really funny. Something that struck me was <laughs> the timing is perfect. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Oh, again? Again. <laughs> uh, what is I must have something loose, or maybe it is the... Uh, it could just know, be our connection. Be. Yeah, okay. All right, where did I, where did I leave off? Well, it was really You honest. were getting yeah, excited about something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said that they were, they're both such honest looks at the production, and there was a really funny moment. Uh, where Ron Bergman is sitting down with Ryan Johnson and he's getting giving Ryan the final sign off on the uh, the budget for the movie. It's like the final signature, and uh, Bergman says to him, "says 
Now, don't get used to this, Ryan. <laughs> fast forward a few years and Ryan's like yeah back to reality after this and it's like yeah okay <laughs> so, not so much 400, Ryan. 400 million dollars yeah no the guy he has all the money now oh it's so funny but I, yeah I, I love the, those I, one thing I really liked about the director and the, and the Jedi is that you got a sense of just the grueling schedule that you see people just like half asleep lounging around and like laying yep. on the side. I think Ryan at one point was sleeping on like the bench on the Falcon with the script over his face or something like that. <laughs> no. Just, you know, <laughs> getting 15 minutes of shut eye, just whatever you need to do to get through the day. Yeah. I, and I don't know, I don't know if it was, it was the director on the Jedi or the documentary for rise of Skywalker, but there's one guy almost like a right hand man type. I forget his name. But you see him at the beginning of the shoot and he looks, you know, vibrant and he's got color in his face. And by the end of it, his hair is just like <laughs> Nick Nolte kind of frizzed <laughs> and his, like his face is kind of pale and gaunt, like Peter Cushing. And it's like, geez, you know, for two months, you just go full bore and you lose sleep and you're stressed. And it's just, yeah. that, that's what it does to you. Well, I mean, they they only shot on Skelly Michael for two days. That was how long they had on Skelly Michael. Two days. Wow. To shoot everything they needed. Like they built the the set for the Jedi tree. They shot on that set for one day and then they tore it down. So yeah. like they had to shoot all of it. They had to get the pyrotechnics and everything set up and pull that off and all that in a day. It's insanity. And, and I guess it's, you know, I'm sure it's a great job, but to be the person, and I suppose that's maybe one of the producers or something, the person that really is the, the whip cracker, mm. just the person behind the scenes, getting people in place, making sure the, the wheels are moving and, and people are not standing around because you, you, you know, you're on such a limited clock and there's so much to do. Like you have to leave at the end of this day because... It's Skelly Michael. It's not exactly a place you can just lounge around forever. <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of it kind of puts into helps put into context. Like you hear stories about how on the original movie, Lucas was so stressed out, and <laughs> you understand why. But also that you had three main actors who were just goofing off all the time, <laughs> right? And like you can imagine Lucas. When you consider the con, yeah, I know Nathan's tapped out again, but I think probably uh, where he was going is just you know, the 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 sort of like what's what's at stake for Lucas and his his career and the production company yeah. starting, and if a new hope shoot doesn't go well, he's he's done. I think that's probably what Nathan was getting at. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> And then you get you get like this, a documentary style like um, like making of the Mandalorian gallery, and that's a whole different animal. But yeah, man, Star Wars does documentaries right. Yep, yep. It's a, and one last thing. It's that all the hate for Ryan Johnson. There's one thing that's really made clear in that documentary is that Carrie Fisher loved the hell out of Ryan Johnson. Oh, and who yeah. are we to argue with Carrie Fisher's taste in people? You know, there you go. Of course, you know, 100% of the people listening wish she were still here. And I, you know, 
given the last, you know, what, four or five years, a lot of her commentary has been missing. And I just wonder what she would have said and how people would have reacted to it. (laughs) And then how she would have reacted to the reaction. But also on top of that, what she would have said in defense of Ryan and how, like, she probably, I, I don't know if she would have waded into those waters, but I like to think she would have just flipped a lot of people, those people, you know, the double gun salute <laughs> kind of thing. And it would have been great. And because who's going to, who's going to clap back at Carrie Fisher? And who would she have played in Knives Out? Oh. <laughs> you know, oh. she would have been in one of those movies. Yeah, probably. You're right. Like her affection for him was, was plainly obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, we're talking books this week. A little bit of publishing news, and then, like I said, we're going to talk about the future of the main Star Wars comic title, because I'm a little apprehensive about it. I'm scared. You guys are going to have to hold me and talk me through this. (laughs) (laughs) But first up, uh, a bit of news. A little bit of news on the High Republic front, um, which is exciting, because Phase 1, Wave 2 is very much right around the corner for us, and... Uh, you know, the last month when we got together, we unpacked all the the stuff that's coming. But uh, turns out we were not fully done with the reveals. Uh, so last week's The High Republic show, uh, hosted by Christina Ariel, uh, they announced a new detective-themed comic series called Star Wars The High Republic Trail of Shadows, which will be written by none other than Daniel Jose Older. And it uh, seems like there's something fishy going on at the Republic Fair on the planet Valo. Uh, So from the StarWars.com release, it says, The new miniseries from Daniel Jose Alder, Star Wars The High Republic Trail of Shadows, will introduce the mystery fiction genre into the new Star Wars era storytelling as the Jedi call upon one of their own, Emmerich Kaftor, to investigate a strange mystery with ties to the Jedi Order. At the same time, Chancellor Lena So calls upon Sion, or is that Sean? don't know. Holt, a high-end, in-demand, private detective to look into the same mystery, but will either solve this riddle before anyone else dies. What do we make of this, Marie? I'm I'm guessing you're in. I love me a good mystery. Now, my mysteries are usually of the cozy variety, but a Star Wars mystery, um, I'm super interested in what that's going to look like. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> this is this look. This, this sounds like a lot of fun, uh, Nathan. I, 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 it's hard talking to complete us because I know that you're going to read it no matter what. But uh, what are your honest feelings on this? Well, you, you blanked out a second. You have to start that one over. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <sighs> Well, I hope that these two can finally figure out what the hell is going on with Cyphodius. Uh-huh. We're going to take another stab uh, at that, or are we? That's that's the, <laughs> that's the biggest mystery in Star Wars. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think they should take a crack at it. No, it's... it's no, it sounds great. I mean, it's... it's um, I mean, this whole concept of the Republic Fair is... I think it's going to be a really rich um, kind of event to base these stories around. And, of course, if there's people up to no good, which 
that's what Star Wars is all about, then mm. yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, listen, it's two. It's a buddy cop, you know. It's it's a Jedi and a and what is she? She's a high end private yeah, eye. Private eye, yeah. I mean, that's 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 a great concept. Yeah, I'm I'm in. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm going to read this too. Who's kidding? Who? I, in a way, I feel like a detective story kind of unfolds better in in a novel, in like in prose. So I wish, yeah, I wish that was kind of the format. You know, then again, Batman has lived in detective comics for eighty years. So uh, <laughs> what am I talking about? Yeah, I'm sure I'm well, sure it'll be just fine. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's I think we'll probably get some really cool environments and stuff. It's. Um, you know, hopefully they'll lean into that sort of noir kind of cross between, you know, the those old gumshoe movies and, you know, maybe some like NYPD blue or something like, you know, some <laughs> I hope he works in I hope I, I hope DJ O kind of works in some of that uh, old timey detective speak. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I like the, um, I guess the potential dynamic and, and like conflict that a Jedi detective and a, a a private eye or private detective sent in by the Chancellor herself, like, I I think that could be really cool in the story. Like, two, you know, two people who follow their instincts and follow the clues, but their instincts come from like different places. Like, one of them will follow the Force. And right. the other is just going to have experience and wit as, as, you know, as their career as a detective has taught them. And it, it'll be interesting to watch, you know, those sort of, uh, I guess, different foundations, different sort of experiences clash together or work work well together. Who knows? Uh, but I, I think that's uh, a very interesting premise. And I, I, I do like the buddy cop sort of angle to it, too. And the... I'm looking at the image that was above it and is let's see. So the the private detective is a private detective a woman? Uh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. That's cool. Certainly looks like it. I just realized that, like looking, because I was thinking in my head, like, what kind of clothes is this detective gonna wear? Are they gonna be like detective-y clothes? But and then I looked at the picture and I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> that's cool. She almost looks like this is what a detective on Naboo would wear. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> huh? That just kind of hit me now, like you know, the sort of like the silver pistol. Kind of the flowy robes and and I mean, the hair is not very Amidala, but she doesn't have to. She's not a queen. But like the the sleeves, like the the cuffs of her shirt, kind of are more than you know, yeah. They wrap around her fingers in in a very artsy fartsy Naboo way. <laughs> I'm gonna call my shot. This this one's from Naboo. I'm gonna say it right now. That's a tumbling saber guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what those mean? Nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Uh, but we Everything's don't, I, made up and the points don't matter. Exactly. And we apologize later. <laughs> Sorry. 
I'm I, I'm really curious to what the synopsis means. Like, in, investigate a strange mystery with ties to the Jedi Order. And obviously, there's we have nothing to go on here, as I'm sure Emmerich and Holt will have nothing to go on to start. But it makes me very curious. And, it, it, you know, part of me wonders if, if you know, Emmerich will, like, where will the allegiance go and the motivations go? Like, if, if it leads to a dirty place within the Jedi Order, would it, would a Jedi Master or whatever he is, would he unearth that and out the Jedi Order? Or is it, oh, let's sweep this under the rug. I'm very curious to see what, what, what could happen there. It seems a little early for for that kind of thing. Yeah, it does. It really does. But you never know. It could be this long thing that they... This could be the, like, the first little bit of rot that kind of gets swept under the rug. If if only Emmerich Kaftor had had exposed this. Almost like Fives, right? In, in that arc. If he just exposed Palpatine's plan with the chip. Oh, how things could have been different. And... It makes me think of in Dooku Jedi Lost when he found out that that one Jedi was the mother of the other one. Mm. And it was like, you can't say anything about this. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we know that, that Marcian Rowe has some kind of grudge against the Jedi. So there's some kind of connection there. Hmm. Do, and, and we know about his father. We've heard about it. Have we heard anything about his mother? I mean, maybe his mother's a Jedi. I don't remember. Oh. I don't remember his mother coming up. Because obviously his father was the eye previous to him. Right. And we heard about his grandmother. But I don't know if we know who his mother is. Maybe she's the one floating in that little tub of, <laughs> of Bacta that he's keeping alive. Yeah, maybe. Maybe she's a... Uh, yeah, maybe he's his mother was a uh, Santeca. I mean, who knows? Although she seems a little old. Yeah, she seems ancient to be his mother. But we don't so. we don't really know how old he is either, right? No, maybe he's ripped. Yeah. He's jacked. So you know, he, yeah, right. <laughs> he hasn't uh, crossed over that uh, loss of testosterone mountain yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or or maybe this helmet just keeps a you know a constant flow of uh, testosterone supplement flying into his face, keep him all buffed <laughs> up, keep him swole. Wow. Is that another tumbling saber guarantee, or should it be? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter, so why not? <laughs> okay, <laughs> you got one. That's two. Two of them in the last ten minutes. We're on fire. Absolutely on fire. Cool. All right. I'm looking forward to this. You guys are looking forward to this. We should all be looking forward to this. It's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's jump into our, our main chat for, for this this go around. And um, what we're talking about is the future of the main Star Wars comic. The main title. Not We're not talking about mm-hmm. Darth Vader or Dr. Aphra or uh, even the High Republic. I'm, although I'm sure all those titles will come up. But we're really talking about just the main Star Wars title that centers around... You know, Han and Leia and Luke and the the core that we've known forever and ever. And Nathan and I had this chat via DM a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, but we never quite finished it. You know how a DM conversation sometimes just stops. 
yeah. somebody goes to bed and the conversation never resumes. <laughs> it was kind of like that, but it was like, you know what? This I think this is better out served in the public domain. And of course, getting Marie's input so we can widen our view of this. Uh, mm. But again, like, so we're, main Star Wars title. And, and we looked at where Nathan and I talked about how, you know, it took Marvel three to four years to unpack the three to four years between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. And now that, you know, now they're in the Empire Strikes Back to Return of the Jedi timeline, which is about a year. And, you know, that kind of matches up with, you know, what they've been doing in publishing and for us. So far, this all makes sense. But I'm wondering if they are running out of racetrack, both from a time perspective and a subject matter standpoint. Because we know mm-hmm. that we know the rebellion ends up gathering at Sullust. We know Luke is going to get a green crystal and build his new lightsaber. Uh, Leia, Chewie, and the droids are going to be at Tatooine soon. That's what we're ultimately building to. And it's not a huge amount of rope to work with, which is why I think we're getting something like War of the Bounty Hunters, which is 34 issues deep. Mm. You know, I, I think they want to prolong this era for as long as possible and squeeze every last dollar out of it. Um, but Marie, I don't know if, you, if you've ever considered this before, you know, before knowing that this is what we'd be talking about, but what do you think? Like, how do you, when you look at the main Star Wars title, what do you see for its future? Well, I think that the whole going after just going after Boba Fett, figuring out where he is, all that stuff. I feel like that almost happened too soon. Like there's still Shara Bay on the Star Destroyer, Commander Zara, um, all those things, getting the, the fleet together, trying to figure all that out. I want more Commander Zara, honestly. Um, because she's intense and scary. And I I just feel like they jumped into the second act already, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it's a bit uneven with this current Star Wars title. Like, it's, it, I don't want to say it was scrambling or that it's just filling time. But it almost feels a little bit aimless with, you know, just more rebels on the run being tracked down by a new villain because it can't be Vader. It can't be, you know, any of the big bads that we already know. So in comes Zara, who is cool. But yeah, it feels like we're kind of just in limbo right now with this main title until until War of the Bounty Hunters. Because like there were so in the the when the series was between a new hope and empire strikes back they had so many adventures in specific places and there was the whole ashes of jedda stuff and um god i love that arc but <laughs> mm, so good um but there there were specific stories that happened in uh, in certain locales and the makota space docks and like all these different arcs and in this i don't really feel like there are arcs per se in the same way 
I, I don't agree. know. Or if, if there are, I'm not really seeing it. I, I just yeah. see it as treading water a little bit. It feels a lot more Bad Batch than Clone Wars. You know, <laughs> like it's like a, it's it's a linear story rather yeah. than the arc yeah. structure. That makes sense. Like, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with I agree with both. Oh no! <laughs> He's gonna be so mad. For God's sake! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were, you, okay. were, you were saying how you were agreeing with us, which, of course. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with both of you. Uh, you know, I'm I'm enjoying it. I mean, yeah, it's, for it's, sure. It's soul. It's he he writes good stuff, you know, um, Rise of Kylo Ren excluded. But oh, um, <laughs> but I don't put that, I don't put that all on him. <laughs> but um, it's. Yeah, I mean, it's, it just hasn't been anything that really grabbed me. I think Zara is a great character, and the stuff with Tarkin is great. But it, uh, like, yeah, it definitely seems a little aimless. It, it, the entire thing, like a year's worth of comics, more than a year's worth of comics, feels like it was almost sort of a holding pattern until mm-hmm. we get to War of the Bounty Hunters, like. It it feels like that's the story, or I'm, and this is a big assumption on my part because obviously, it's it's just at the beginning of of that event, but I suspect that that was the story that Soul wanted to tell, and it sort of had to, they sort of had to give the other series time to get to the point where they were ready to do that story. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, because I mean, you think about it. There, ha- think about how much of this run has been a flashback to pre-Empire. Like we had that the last uh, issue was a flashback to pre-Empire Strikes Back. I mean, when they're setting up the base on Hoth, and then the the stuff with Tarkin is before New Hope. So it, it's like we've gotten, a, you know, a lot of this arc hasn't even been set in this era. I, I, not, not, to, not, not for nothing, but, you know, because you have Soul on it, he's also seeded a bunch of High Republic stuff. Yeah. And I feel like that, it almost feels like that's the point, which mm-hmm. is not a good point to make. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, of course, I love High Republic. I'm not denigrating anything in it. Yeah. It's just, you're the the greatest takeaways are when they mention the Nile or Starlight Beacon, and you're like, "Whoa, look at the work they're doing here!" Yeah, but, but ironically, it's you know the arc was Operation Starlight and it had nothing to do with anything. Yeah, the where did that go? Like that kind of went nowhere. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. was the point? Like Shara Bay still in the Star Destroyer, and it's like, okay. and they mentioned her in the last the last issue. They mentioned that situation in the the opening crawl, hmm. and she's not in the issue at all. And I was yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it's aimless and and meandering is is definitely I think appropriate for what's happening in the main title right now. And it it just felt like again treading water. Charles, can you drag this out for us because we don't know what to do? And <laughs> I I have this theory that once we get to Return of the Jedi. That's kind of it for the main title. 
they're going to put it on ice because like what like after that the kind of the, the big three breaks up kind of yeah and and can you do a main star wars title without luke han and leia kind of as a group at least you know partially and i don't know I, it feels like you can't hmm. do it really yeah i mean a lot of a lot of this could be due to the you know the the pause last year uh you know pandemic stuff um maybe things were supposed to happen at different times and things were supposed to line up differently so maybe that's why there might be some filler packed in there uh but at the same time it's like yeah i mean operation starlight doesn't feel like it concluded um and then we're in war of the bounty hunters are we going to come back in august september and it's still going to be operation starlight you know and we're going to go back to shara bay on the star destroyer like newton it up (laughs) (laughs) you know hiding in the vents it's yeah it's gonna newt oh god poor newt (laughs) yeah and you know especially when you think post return of the jedi like the big thing was battle of jakku and that's been beaten to death aftermath yeah um battlefront like that's the immediate but, thing after, so we can't but, really. But go not back with there. those. But not with those characters, mm, right? No. Like we've well, gotten a lot there, but not a lot with the characters. Luke only in like the, in the uh, Legends of Luke Skywalker, if you know, and, yeah, grain of salt tricky. kind of stories. <laughs> yeah, in aftermath, there's some Leia and Han. It's true. Yeah, right. Like but Han, Han is very Kashyyyk, right? In life debt, yeah. Yeah, but that's very compressed. That's like year one, right? Yeah, like there's there's areas they can unpack, but that's all they'd be doing, right? Like I, pulling on a string put, set up by Chuck Wendig, like that would it would, all, it would that would again feel like we're we're desperate here, folks. We're we're giving you we're trying to fill in the gaps anywhere. <laughs> well, and they don't seem too beholden to those stories anyway. I love them. Oh, I, 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 I thought the uh, the interludes were great, but I don't, you know, I mean, they're they're using them as jumping off points, but they don't seem to. They seem to be like many things these days, uh, leaving things up to interpretation or available for interpretation when yeah, they're that, yeah, like the Cobb Vanth of it all is like yeah. Well, now whose point is this? Do we, I, mean, I guess we have no choice. It's just now it's purely. The, the narrator sort of point of view is is what we're talking about now. Yeah. But yeah, they, they could talk yeah. about that's the stuff that was kind of set up in, in Aftermath. But yeah, like to me, like a, a, a true, you know, Star Wars main title has Han, Luke, and Leia with, with you know, the, the Landos and the droids and Chewie running around the galaxy, saving, saving the day. And mm-hmm. that kind of can't happen post-Jedi unless... They jump way ahead, which would almost feel awkward in a way. Like, all right, we're going to jump to 10 years later and, and Ben is going to be, you know, eight years old and, you know, he's going to be, he'll, he'll be with Luke and, and Han and Leia will be on the outs with each other. It feels like a very awkward thing yeah, to grapple with. So I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> Part of me thinks that, you know, this 34 issue War of Bounty Hunters thing is buying time or and or squeezing dollars but while they still can 
I just yeah. thought of something. So, you know how in the, the last issue, R2-D2 had that message? Which, first off, he was keeping a list of all known Jedi outposts since the Death Star exploded. <laughs> like, dude, he's been holding on to that thing for three years. <laughs> like, why didn't he say something sooner? I don't understand. But that would be an interesting way to go with it. To have it be Luke's adventures looking for the different Jedi outposts. Yeah, they've already yeah, gotten to that. Yeah. That's, that's sort of a dream project of mine, which Charles Soule did do, you know, did touch a bit on with Rise of Kylo Ren. It was the, the yeah. drum I pounded for the longest time. Give us Luke, Ben, and, and Lor Santeca. And we got that. I was blown away. They could do more of that. And I would welcome it with open arms. I don't know that you need to call it Star Wars. You yeah. Know, it could be a Luke Skywalker comic. It could be... The Adventures of Luke and Ben, or I, whatever you want to call it. I'm open for those stories, absolutely. I just don't know if it's a Star Wars main title. I, or do yeah. they, can they splinter off? Can they say, well, you know what? We can't do a, a main title, but we can do uh, Star Wars Han Solo, like Volume 2, and Star Wars Leia, Volume 2, and blow it up and get everybody on into their own uh, semi-long-run comic? I think yeah. I think that's the best way to do it. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously the Luke's time after Return of the Jedi is just so ripe. I mean, we know he was doing so much and he has so much to get done by the time of the sequels. That there's so much story you can tell. I mean, and you're talking what like 23 years or something of story to tell there. Just, you know, I mean, for all the characters, but especially for Luke. So it's, uh, and, and the thing is, like you said, Kyle, Soul uh, has has done a lot with Laura Santeca. I mean, he did a lot with Lore in the uh, Podammer comics. Uh, I think he mm -hmm. said that, like, aside from Palpatine, Lore is one of his favorite characters. Uh, just because he's so untapped and he's yeah. such an interesting character. I mean, you get Ma Max von Sydow to play a character. I mean, that character is worth something. His name is not Lore <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> really? <laughs> for real, though. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, give Soul that run. And I, and I think Soul writes Luke really well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a great way to go. Now, yeah, yeah. as a comic lover and reader, I, sure, give it to me. But I wonder if Lucasfilm is dithering. Like, what? I wonder what's in, like, you know, to be a fly on the wall, to know, hey, what are they planning for these characters? They can't leave it untapped. They can't leave those characters sort of unexplored in this era. There's just too much that fans, you know... Whether you like the sequels or hate them, you want explanations for how the characters got to where they were. Yeah. So they're yeah. going to give it to us at some point. So the is only that... thing, go ahead. No, finish. Go ahead, Marie. The only thing I would say is that it would, if the Luke story would could only go five years, because he appears in the Mandalorian. Yeah, and well, I, that's kind of where I was going. Like, 
Yeah. If they don't quite know what they're doing, you know, and I don't think at this point they need to have every minute of all their lives mapped out. Right. Like they're going to want to leave room for creators to, to have their own input. So they don't want to step on each other or get, get in their own way by doing a comic in 2022 when at, you know, maybe in 2026 they go, oh man, we had a great, we have a terrific idea for a Luke animated show, but we fleshed it out in a comic. Like, yeah. And we know that they don't have a problem flushing <laughs> something, a, a small bit down the toilet or altering some details, but I don't know that yeah. they retcon or blow up an entire run. I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> yeah, but you know, so yeah. far, the only things that have been blown up is that like the very early new canon stuff, like 2015, 16. Yeah, some but of the, the best stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I guess that was early on the Kanan comic. Yeah. Very early on. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. A little bit of the aftermath yeah. stuff, the Ahsoka novel, like that's all. You know, I don't, it's before they called things in phases, but that's really early stuff, and that's I'm sure that came before they thought about Disney Plus and and that makes sense. The reception of the sequels, and oh boy, so let's just get these stories out. But oh, now we found cooler things to do. But ah, the books are in the way. The comics are in the way. Ah, forget it. Flush them. We didn't know what we were doing then. Well, now we do because we're I'd smart. Argue that, <laughs> I'd argue that they weren't in the way and that a lot of the changes are arbitrary. But uh, I really liked the the conversation in the Canaan comic that yeah. Deba Balaba and Caleb Doom had. Like, oh, so annoying. It's it, so added to how he became who he was and it it didn't happen because they were still fighting when order 66 happened <laughs> yeah it, it <sighs> wasn't by the campfire it's in a forest now and yeah i don't acknowledge that be the beginning of bad batch i just uh, acknowledge it yeah that's 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 <laughs> the trouble right like they thought they had a better idea and you know some people see clearly it as a not Clearly not, though. <laughs> and freaking man-child voice, like, <laughs> oh my god, what were, like, oh, it's bad. It's truly baffling. It's <laughs> I. What is Star Wars if not baffling? I we I was watching. I had to pause it. Just because I couldn't believe, like when I was watching it for the first time, I had to pause the show <laughs> because I could not believe what I was hearing. I, I swear it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but honestly, the most egregious change is the color of Depa's lightsaber. Like, what? Really? <laughs> yeah, that kind of, like that kind of thing is like why? Why would you change Ahsoka's saber color? It's... Why change Depa Balaba's lightsaber color? Why do that? Like, what is the point? It just hurts my head. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah, like it gives me a wrecker style headache, and then oh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, part of it's got to be like Dave Filoni, just because he wants to. He likes to troll fans, <laughs> and he he just wants to be smug. Well, all three examples you brought up, Cobb, Vanth, Ahsoka, and Kanan. I mean, it's all one guy behind these changes, you know? 
Arguably, yeah. I mean, it all and he's always he's he's right there in that in the mix. Two of them, he was involved with the original story, right? He he approved the Ahsoka novel. He approved. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, it was Greg Weissman who wrote the Kanan comic, who was a writer on season one of the show of Rebels, mm-hmm. right? So presumably, Filoni approved and knew what was going on in the Kanan book, and now. It's, it's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> One day you'll tell us what you really feel. Listen, <laughs> I, it's honestly, it's like, okay, I'm just going to go off for a second and hopefully my damn mic doesn't cut out. But <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they made this, kind of gave us this guarantee in 2014 yeah, it when all they counts. reset canon, right? It all counts. We got this group of people that's going to make sure that it all fits together, right? And, I mean, that was what made me decide that I wanted to collect the stories. That was when I decided I was going to buy all the books. I was going to buy all the comics because I wasn't a, an EU guy, right? Like, I, I would dabble here and there, but by and large, I didn't dive into the EU. So that was what motivated me to say, okay, finally, here's a jumping on point, and this is really exciting. And since in the last seven years, god damn, have I spent money on Star Wars. (laughs) Right? And it's like, okay, I spent all this money because you made me this promise, and now you're making arbitrary changes and I don't think that all of them are for the better, right? Like, no, but they've they've in- instituted them or given themselves this sort of like hand wavy Pablo Hidalgo, yeah, it's broken telephone, uh, you know, in certain point of view type of, uh, you know, two people walked into a bar, one one guy walked out, kind of thing. The details vary. Like, okay, yeah. come on, yeah, I, you know, I get I, that mythology does that, like you know, Greek myths or, you know, Roman myths, whatever. But come on. Like, is that really where we're at now? Yeah. I mean that, that it's not what, this is not what it is. This is not, you know, millions of people telling these stories across hundreds of years. This is like seven years ago, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it's all the same people working on it. Like Pablo, you've been there since the beginning like what's your excuse it's not like seven generations have been telling these stories and that's where the changes come from no it's like it was written down like i have a first printing here (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't amended it's not a myth like i I know we like to say (laughs) that it's a myth but it's it's not like i I can i can tweet the guy who wrote this (laughs) Like, knock it off. It's so annoying. And, like, I understand that, like, I understand that this is going to happen. And I knew this seven years ago, that this was going to happen. But it's just the, the arbitrary changes and just the, like, like you said, the flippant, like, not at least in, in Legends, the authors would twist themselves in the knots trying to explain the discrepancies. But here it's it's just like I ah, forget it. I ah, forget it. But don't yeah. worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yep. And it's I don't know it. To, and to me, it's 
I understand that it's it's sort of about vision and trying to tell the story that you want to tell, but I think it's more interesting if you hold yourself to the story that's been told and you say, okay, well, this is what it is. We got to make this work. I think that's that's more interesting. Mm-hmm. And lives up to the promise you made. And, you know, yeah, that's a no, that's a I completely don't, valid I don't feel like I, I wasted hundreds of th- and thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's that's a valid take. Like I'm tr- I'm trying not to get my nose at a joint when they do change something. Yeah. Like especially when you know they change a, a lightsaber color. It's annoying. In yeah. the same way that like the mosquito buzzing around your head at night is annoying. Like it's not going to change much. But you're just left questioning like why? Why? Why are you, why are you doing this? Yeah, I mean, when it ha- when it happened, you know, I looked over at my bookshelf at the thousands of dollars worth of books and comics, and it's like, what was the damn point? It's all and, and you know, when I look at it from a more sober perspective with a little more distance, it's like, oh no, I really enjoyed a lot of these stories, most yeah. of these stories, and you know, yeah. I'm glad that blah 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 blah. But in the moment, it's like, you bastard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I did some digging. This is some propeller head stuff, but I think I, I don't do a lot of digging anymore. I used to do this a lot when, in my old hockey blog days and, and unearthing stats and trying to like find trends and stuff. So we know the High Republic has been a, a boon to the Star Wars publishing line in, it's been mm-hmm. what, five months now? So, so I looked into some of the sales data and it's, it's too early, I think, in 2021 to have, like, the detailed hard numbers. I, what I do have is, like, the pre-sales rankings. And, you know, mm. and, and for those, you know, you all see those people in the comment section saying that, ah, nobody likes High Republic. It's trash. <laughs> Nobody's reading this. Yeah, the news is a slap in the face. Like, reality is a slap in the face to those people. So uh, what I found was that in its first week of pre-sales, the High Republic number one was the... Uh, the second highest selling comic that month, second only to uh, DC's Dark Knight's Death Metal number seven, which was a really popular series. Hmm. And and okay, let me actually instead of just rattling off numbers, I, I, let me ask you. Uh, I've already, I guess I've already sort of buried the lead here. I'll just say, <laughs> the, the High Republic has outsold the main Star Wars title and Darth Vader every single month. Since its debut, yeah. wow. and by a wide margin. Like I again, I couldn't find the actual huh. sales numbers, and that's just rankings. But like the High Republic is is easily the best selling Star Wars title right now. You know, it's getting a lot of attention and marketing and and push, so it's not a huge surprise. But still, and and, and doing more digging, in in January 2015, the relaunched Star Wars main title sold nearly a million copies mm. which is like unheard of in in well, modern comic collecting a lot of that was due because uh loot crate bought up a bunch of copies from oh, really? boxes yeah <laughs> and you also had the you know over a hundred covers variant covers for it so i mean it it was a big it was a big deal, and there were a lot of copies sold, but a lot of that was loot crate and people buying multiple covers. But it, not to, it, that's not the takeaway. It was a huge deal 
that, yeah, that like TFA was heating memory. up and, and hype yeah. for all things Star Wars was, was starting to pick up momentum. But yeah. by the end of 2015, so at the end of the first year, the main title was down to 140,000 copies per month. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's, it's a big drop. And it, it's, it, that's, that is just a natural sell, settling to earth kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and like 140, a, I mean, that's a very fair... I mean, maybe it's a little low for Star Wars, uh, you know, when, you know, you, you got the relaunch, new movies coming out and stuff. But, uh, I mean, 140 in comics is very respectable. Yeah, like that, like now, like that, that's good enough to hold number one in a given month now. Mm-hmm. But like in that month, so December, uh, December 2015, as TFA is coming out, Star Wars held four of the top 10 selling slots in comics that month. Yeah. So as a brand, it's still doing well. And, uh, but, but fast forward October, 2020, and that's the last month I could find some hard numbers for, uh, the main title was selling just 36,000 books. Oh, yeah. while Darth Vader just edges it out with 38,000 books per month. And that, that's, yeah. you know, that the ranking, that's 33rd and 34th best selling comments, best selling comics that month. So that's how far the book has fallen. Yeah. And I don't know what's, you know, fatigue, uh, waning interest, a dip in quality. I don't know. It's, I'm sure. Rise it's a, of Skywalker. I, no. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm sure it's a whole bunch of the factors, right? Like people getting out of the franchise now that the, the saga's done. Well, and I'm not sure what the, uh, you know, uh, this has to be looked at in relation to the market as a whole. Yes. You know, and, uh, it's been a while since I followed the the number comics numbers, uh, sales numbers. But uh, you know, I mean, who knows what? I mean, it, everything may have dropped significantly. Uh, you know, it, it is hard to say. Um, but it is definitely not ideal, and Lucasfilm is almost certainly not <laughs> very happy about it. No, like even just to say, like you know. December of 2015, 140,000 comics, and fast forward five years later, and you're selling about a fifth of that. Yeah, that's that. You know, I'm sure that's not the plan. <laughs> that, right. that wasn't the hope. So I, I wonder if you know something like War of the Bounty Hunters is the kind of initiative that's intended to sort of lift sales up across the board. You know, in, in hopes that you know, guy, people like you, you both, like completionists to a point. Yeah. Don't want to miss out on anything. So you're going to buy 34 issues that in you know in, in a regular year you would have bought 6. You know they they're going to pump us for a lot of extra issues in this across all their titles. But I do well, think and that once it wraps like you're you're oh sorry. Well, I was just going to say like that once it wraps, once once this 34 issue arc is done, there's not much compelling stuff left for the core cast. Yeah. Well, and, and an event like this is meant to boost the ancillary titles, right? Like that's that's what mm. these events do. You know, you're going to boost your AFRA sales, your bounty hunter sales. That's that's the idea. Yeah, because you know where right? those are in the rankings? Mm. Yeah. 80, 100. Yeah. Like they're way down the list of, of monthly books. Way down the list. Like selling 15, 12,000 copies a month, something like that. Oh, uh. yeah. Well, it's like it's, it's the same thing that Marvel's doing with, um, you know, starting starting this week, I think, is um, the Hellfire Gala in the X-Men line where, 
you know, it's it's the same kind of thing. It's a continuous story. It was the same thing they did with um, Ten of Swords uh, back in the fall, where the story runs sequentially through the entire line. And that's the idea is that, well, if you want the complete story, you're going to have to buy those X-Men books that you don't normally buy. You're going to have to buy X-Factor. You're going to have to buy... Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever whatever the book is, Hellions. You're gonna have to buy. It's the same thing. You're gonna have to buy Afric. Yeah, yeah, all of that. So the, that is a really good point. So yeah, it it is sort of a move to sort of lift Afra and Bounty Hunters and get them out of the 80s and 90s and hundreds and and yeah, bring them up the list a bit. But again, yeah. like once the 34 issues are over, these you know these titles presumably. You know, soon after, drift back to their position at you know in the in the basement. Yeah, and then what? Like yeah. they can't sit there forever. And at some point, Marvel's going to say, "Time to time to wrap this up." Well, and this might be what the the books go out on, right? Maybe we get a cancellation. That's you my, know that's, by the end of the year. Yeah, that's it's, my kind of my growing theory is that yeah sure we're gonna the skywalker era stuff we're gonna start to roll that up and this is the big sort of send-off with war of the bounty hunters it's gonna be this epic thing but and they were smart by with with the timing of high republic because it's been that sort of uh life vest and it's it's Mm -hmm. it's replacing those dwindling sales a little bit and carrying the mail for the brand in print and I, if that's true, and that's that's the result, and they're happy with that, I can see a lot of High Republic esque initiatives coming along. So maybe they just say, yeah. forget the main title. Look what you, mm. you you love the High Republic, but now what about the Low Republic? Or yeah, and it's it's another three year sort of venture into a different era of storytelling, and that's what we get in comics from now on until until they're ready to tell. I don't know, Ray and Finn stories in the main line or, Mm -hmm. you know, they get brave enough to go back into the Skywalker saga. But I feel like the, the comics as we know them now are, I don't say they're on life support, but I think the end is coming. Well, I think, I think bounty hunters is probably safe until uh, say the spring, because I think they're going to want to keep bounty hunters going while uh, book of Boba Fett's airing. Yes. Mm. Yes, for sure. Um, and you know, if we see Afra continue for very much longer, and I think Afra's a great book, but like you said, it's just not selling. And I think if if Afra after this event's over, if it keeps going and the numbers do go back to the low numbers, the low sales that they've been having. Uh oh, Nathan was about to make a point in the internet candom. <laughs> Am I back? Yeah, there you are. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, Take two. Yeah, so so if if uh, that book continues under those circumstances, um, I think it's possible that we could probably be seeing Afra show up in live action or in an animated series or something. Because that's the thing. It's, you want to keep the comic going if the character is going to continue on screen. So yeah, it's never a guarantee, but it's it's interesting to look at. You know, why are they keeping this character on life support? 
this comic on life support. Well, could it be because maybe there's something coming in the pipe, an announcement mm. we haven't gotten yet? Yeah, they yes. want to support that character for as you know as as long as yeah. And, and geez, expand that out to all the Disney Plus shows that are coming. Maybe they want to have a comic to support all of that stuff. So we could yeah. get you know I, I, the the long-awaited Mandalorian comic, which I hope comes, and the the spinoffs that can come out of that. Well, that's the counterpoint, sure. isn't it? Because we were supposed to get a bunch of Mandalorian stuff, and now it's not happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think yeah. part of that's because they've decided to let's forget comics. Disney Plus is where it's at. That's where we're yeah. going to expand it all. Well, and that's the other thing I, I wanted to talk about because, and this is going back to the the thought of what's going to happen to the main line as we go forward is. What's happened to all of the miniseries? You know, I mean, for four or five years, we were getting two, three, four miniseries a year. And now we're not getting any. That's the wildest thing. And I know some of that might be pandemic stuff, too. But we haven't really even had anything announced. Apart from this this detective comic from Old Air. Yeah, it's like the the Mace Windu comic. It. The way it was titled made it seem like it was going to be a series of miniseries, but no. Well, I think that I think that was the plan, and I think that book died on the vine because no, it was impossible to look it. at. Yeah, but you couldn't look at it. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, okay, the story, but you couldn't look at it. <laughs> Would have made a great audiobook. <laughs> yeah, some of the art and that was was rough. Somebody approved that, and it's. And yeah, I, I never oh. want, never want to rip an artist. Although I've done that before with. Uh, oh boy, <sighs> what was his name? La Roca. Oh. oh, listen, La Roca, great. You know, and on other stuff, but my God. <laughs> yeah, the Star Wars creepy face Uncanny Valley thing was just. <laughs> it was because they let him color his the faces himself. That was the problem, is that the faces didn't match the rest of the arc. The the <laughs> art. Is, oh, yeah, like the original painful. characters were drawn like a like properly, but the the known characters were weird. Just weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. So I, I want mean, the Dodsons I want the Dodsons back working on a Star Wars book. At, at least on the covers. People didn't like that Princess Leia book for the art. Some people. But man, like I thought it was good. I, I think I, Dodson art is great. I love, yeah. No, I, I they, I, I like the the figure, like the human figure they do, and I, I love, yeah. I love Terry Dodson's like faces, like like women faces in particular, like the Leia, like they, they're all great. They're all so damn good. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of that Leia comic, uh, we finally got Evan Verlaine back in the main book. Yes. Finally, is that Star- in Star Wars she's, in Star- she's in Starlight Squadron. Cool. I, I'm a. I think I'm an issue or two behind. Like I said, I got my got my box from my LCS, and there's a couple Star Wars issues in there. So I'm I'm looking forward to no, jumping it's, back in. She, she's in the the squadron where where they go off to. Um, oh yeah, they're going off to yeah, look yeah, for yeah. the uh, the other the the rest of the fleet but uh it was great to finally see her back after like five years 
sounds like a suitable replacement for Rangers of the New Republic. I don't know. Oh boy, you get that right. <laughs> There's uh, an, another candidate that could easily slide in there, alongside you know. Trapper Wolf and uh, oh jeez, what's his name? Maybe uh, not Trapper Wolf. Uh. <laughs> what's the other guy's name? Oh, oh, um, the Tim Convenience guy. I can't even remember his name. Uh, I can't remember either. Oh, oh it's terrible. What a shame. I just watched those episodes the other night, too. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. What a terrible shame. And, like, I can see in my head, like, Filoni saying his name. Uh, Baba, can you go to the second, another channel? Can you go to channel four? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what the name is, he says. But anyway. <laughs> All right. So. so- I, I think we're, are we, are we, do we have anything else we want to add to this? Cause I think we're, I, I feel like we're at a bit of a consensus that, yeah, the, the main title, the main Star Wars thing is sort of not circling the drain, but just coming to its natural conclusion. But there could be a lot of mini series and offshoots that could be really great coming our way if they choose to do. Yeah. It. yeah. And I was thinking if they did, so if they did the Luke thing with looking for the Jedi outposts, and then if they did a Leia thing that was like, and I know this wouldn't be very popular, but I would love it. And my even my brother would enjoy it, even though he's been kind of veering away from Star Wars. Um, it would be very political if it was Leia, like all the the politics she's dealing with. And, mm-hmm. and I think personally, that would be really interesting to me mm-hmm. because it would be a lot of world building, which I always love. There's a giant void in the politics of, of you know, the, the political landscape of Star Wars within the two trilogies. Yeah. It's of like, and JJ was like, don't want to deal with this. Destroy it all. And nobody else really picked up on it after. So, yeah, you know, Bloodline did a good job. Mm-hmm. But that's the back end. Like, there's a whole front end. Right. That exactly. After, and Aftermath still did some, some good work in... in setting up the new Republic and giving us a bit of Mon Mothma as, as chancellor. Mm-hmm. But boy, there's a big fat middle part that, uh, that could definitely be explored. And that would be a great comment. Well, it would be cool because right now, I mean, it's sort of the, that would sort of parallel what's happening in bad batch, right? Where you're seeing this transition from Republic to empire. It would be cool to see. <laughs> It's like it knows when he's speaking. Are you kidding me? Every time you're about to make a point, it's like, nope. <laughs> I was saying it, it would be cool that since in Bad Batch we're going for getting the transition from Republic to Empire, getting to see the transition from Empire to Republic from yeah. that political perspective would be really interesting. I think so, for sure. Well, And, and the other angle of it is her dealing with motherhood. Yeah, and, and that too. you wonder if that takes over because ben, like Rise of Kylo Ren sold like crazy, and so there would obviously be a temptation to make the book as much about him and his relationship to his parents as it is about the, the political part. Well, there's not much to really go into with him until he leaves for Luke. I mean, obviously he has to. Uh, there's a period where he's trouble or whatever 
and uh, that's why they have to send them to Luke. Um, but when does that happen? Isn't it that happens fairly early, doesn't it? I don't know. I feel like he left when you know adolescent, but it could have been earlier. Could have been a bit later. I don't really know. Because I mean, he's pretty young in. The, Rise of Kylo Ren. Yeah. Those scenes in Rise of Kylo Ren. So. Yeah, it feels like he's 14, 15 ish. That young, really? I don't huh. know. Yeah. In that zone. And he, I mean, he would have been, he would have been with him for a good while at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, but, I, you know, I fear that, you know, the comics in that case would have to answer the question were Han and Leia bad parents? Yeah. Well, I, but to be fair, I think Soul's the guy to answer that question. <laughs> you know, I think I think he could do some good work with that. Yeah. And you know, it's it's so far it's you know, it's all a matter of I didn't even there's really not much to interpret. I mean, you you can feel for Ben Solo in, in that he didn't get what he needed from his parents, but by the same token, his parents are really busy people who lived, lived, you know, really, uh, extraordinary lives. And I'm yeah. sure, there's no way yeah. I'm going to ever believe that Han and Leia intentionally neglected their kid. I'll never believe that. Oh yeah. Until they actually put the not. story down, in which case I'll reject the story. But uh. it's just, I think, you know, it's just, they got eaten up by circumstances and their one and only kid just was, was sort of, uh, you know, kind of fell victim to that a little bit, but yeah, I mean, the reality is we know that Leia gave up her Jedi training for Ben. So, you know, anything, anything that would have pulled her away from him uh, after that would, she would have had to think that it was incredibly important. And we know obviously rebuilding the Republic and how essential she was to that. Obviously it was very important. Yeah. Uh, so she would have had to feel a very strong sense of duty to be pulled away if she was willing to give up Jedi training <laughs> for him, but couldn't give up the work she had to do for the New Republic. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And and from Rise of Kylo Ren, we don't get too much of it, but the relationship between Luke and Ben, to me, seems very, like a very cozy uncle-nephew relationship. Like, I don't see any animosity yeah. between the two there. Like Luke has all the confidence in Ben. They like it's it to me like Ben is very much loved. Maybe he just didn't feel enough of it. But anyway, like would they answer that in a comic? Yeah, I think I think the the real thing is is the struggle between Han and Ben. I don't think there's much mm. between Leia and Ben. We don't see much of that in the movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he did murder his dad. There's that. Yeah, but oh, he avoided murdering his mom. And well, there was a you know at the end of Last Jedi, he's you know, he's when he's really frothing at the mouth and I'll destroy you and her and all of it. Like he knows his mom's in that mine, and he's yeah. just about ready to blow her up too. Like you know that would have been like you know a second swing at that pitch. He held yeah. off, you know, he held off in space, but he seemed really very much like he was going to do it at that point. Yeah. So he's 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 mad at them for some reason, and I I just don't know if they would answer that. I don't know if they're brave enough to answer that period at this point, given the polarization yeah. that comes from Ben Solo. 
Kylo yeah. Ren, or if they just, or if comics are not the, not a big enough stage to do that, or maybe, maybe they want to bury it there, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, Quietly, let's there's... just do this. We're gonna get this out of the way. But there's such a big audience for Ben Solo, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, his, yeah, his fans went to the comic books, even if they weren't really, you know, uh, habitual comic book fans or readers. They picked up those books. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why it sold out and had to go back for so many additional printings. I mean, that those were the people that were buying it, right? Well, and, and it's sort of I meant to bring this up earlier when you were talking about the High Republic comics, but I think the reason that those sales are so high on the High Republic comics is that because it, you're getting that additional audience that you're not going to get into the shop for the the usual series, but you've got that crossover which is a, a larger market, the book market, that yeah. are going to be more likely to cross into the, the comic crowd. market. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, and they want the complete story, right? Like they yeah. know that this is part of it. So, and the thing is, is that uh, those numbers that you were listing off, those don't even account for the digital sales, right? Those exactly. are just yeah, yeah. That's that's just print. And I, I found them. I found those numbers really eye-opening. Yeah. So I, I think it would be the same thing for a Ben Solo comic, where you, you know, or or. A... Well, I'm sure that was a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I'm not muting you. Oh, I don't know why. I, I, this is insane. It's just one of those days. Yeah, no, I I think we all Childhood, kind of knew yeah. where you're going. Like, yeah, it's it's the interconnectedness of the storytelling that is getting people into the shop to buy the comics and and also want the mm -hmm. hardcovers. And by the way, speaking of hardcovers, the outer print uh, cover for um, Ke uh, Kevin Scott's upcoming book. Oh, uh, uh, st Storm, st uh, uh, Rising, uh, Rising, Rising Storm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. There's so much Star Wars. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so much Star Wars. I can't believe it. Uh, it's time to be alive. Yeah, those covers look great. Cool. All right. So let's put a pin in it there. Let's see what happens over the rest of the year. I'm sure it's going to get real interesting because it seems like the, the sands are shifting in the comic book industry as a whole. And it seems like mm -hmm. Star Wars as a brand is sort of shifting. So I wonder how all this will clash together and what things will look like a year from now when we get together and what we'll be reading and how we'll be reading it. It's going to be really interesting. But for now, I want to twist you both in knots. Because I know you haven't heard this yet because you haven't heard our latest episode. And this face melter of a would you rather is a getting a double dip from Jared. <laughs> it was that good. <laughs> now, mind you, Corey and Carlos did not enjoy answering this. And I suspect that neither of you will either. You might, just hang up and Nathan, you're, when you're next time your line freezes, you're just going to drift away. Well, so you know, I'm going to reduce the kind of the scope of the question, the conditions of it, because I think if I just put this to you at, as a plain question, you're going to have a fit. Okay. So let me, I'll put it to you this way for the rest of your life. This is how you're going to consume star Wars. Are you taking, the movies and novels or the streaming shows and comics 
you get one or the other, one one package or the other, not both. And you but you and you cannot catch up by podcast or summaries or conversations. The other one is almost like it's dead to you. So movies and novels, that's what you're allowed to consume, or the streaming shows and comics. Enjoy. <laughs> oh man. So does this mean that I get Clone Wars? Sure. So all well, of Clone Wars, or do I have to cut it off at season seven? If you picked streaming, I think you get all of Clone Wars. No, no. If I pick movies, do I get Clone Wars? Oh, the Clone Wars movie? No, the the show. Because no, no, no. See, so now your line cut out because it's going. No, no, no. It's if it's not a movie, you, pick, <laughs> you get the uh, eleven okay. movies. The uh, you get the eleven live action movies and the Clone Wars movie. That's okay, I'm get. only asking because you this question specified <laughs> streaming shows. <laughs> no, so like original streaming shows, like so you you can watch Rebels, Clone Wars, Resistance, Mandalorian, episodic stuff. Have resistance. <clears throat> you can watch that stuff, but if that's what you choose, you can't go watch the Skywalker saga or the spin-offs. Uh. Yeah, well, it's it's the movies and novels. Uh, I, this wasn't hard. <laughs> that wasn't hard. Okay, so I, no. yeah, I guess I, yeah. If you if you feel like I think I think Marie will find it more difficult because I don't think she'd be able to give up Afra easy easily. Yeah, I okay. So the movies, like I'm, I'm much more of a TV show person in general. Um, I'm not big on movies, but I will watch any number of TV show episodes. Um, but I don't rewatch things very often. So thinking about the future of what's to come, there aren't that many movies, I mean, movies that we are 100% aware of on the horizon. Two. <laughs> but really? there's a lot of TV shows that are on the horizon. Mm-hmm. So, but then I love me a book. I love a big, fat book. <laughs> and I... I only got into comic books because of Star Wars. Mm. So I was never like, I mean, yeah, I've always loved Batman and Wonder Woman, but that's because of TV shows and movies. And <sighs> so like, but there's so much with the comics. There's, there's always something. And with the novels, there's, again, not as much content. Well, that's what it comes down to, right? Like, if, if, you, if you go streaming and comics, you get stuff almost every week. Yeah, exactly. And movies and novels, the, like, a lot of the magic happens more there. More sporadic, yeah. But it's, yeah, your, your doses are, 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 are more spread out. 
Hmm. It's a tough one. I mean, Nathan handled it pretty easily. Movies and novels for Nathan. Yeah, it's well, really, like, what am I going to do? Am I going to give up Last Jedi? Am I going to give up the mystery of Cypher Diaz? No. <laughs> and and it was like like we were saying, you know, it's there's so much legends that I haven't read. If I have access to those legends novels, then that's going to keep me busy for a good long time. Yeah. Yeah, like how we're kind of tying the the the, the top half of the podcast together and sort of the back end here. It's all yeah. coming around. And the worst thing about giving up the shows is that I lose most of my Sagrera appearances. <laughs> but so I it think, lives in my heart. Yeah. I I think I would have to go with shows and comics. Even though really? I really like books. The I mean, I've been enjoying the comics, and there's so many storylines to follow. So it keeps my my brain really likes it when there are multiple things going on at once. <laughs> so uh, having access to multiple stories at once mm. is is something I can drive with. Yeah, like one way or the other, you're gonna give up something that breaks your heart. Exactly. Like I, you know, by a very slight margin, I chose mo movies and novels, but that meant like I had to sacrifice Mandalorian, which just shatters me. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough, but I can. Uh, giving up Shattered Empire. That's that. That'd be rough. I love that miniseries so much. Shattered. It. Oh, it's so good. On the pole run, yeah, uh, but it's got to be done. Some asshole put us in this situation. <laughs> now we got to live with it. <laughs> Man, Jared gives us this face melter, and all he gets is grief. But no, like, yeah, that's it's it's a tough one. It's 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 brutal. It's brutal. It's it's so rough that to have to get, throw out like you know half of your platforms. <laughs> To keep the other two. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I, we didn't talk about video games. Huh. I wonder what, if, you know, tack on a video game to either one of those. And I, that might be the thing this, to, like, if I, Nathan, if I added video games to the streaming show oh. and comics package, does that tip it back in the other way? That Battlefront 2 campaign, man. Damn. I really like that story. That's that's tough. Fallen Order is... I like Fallen Order, but I think I could give that up. Uh, but that Battlefront 2 campaign, man. Oh. Yeah, it did a lot of work to tie, tie arrows together. I really enjoyed that game. Oh. I still do. I still, I, I still like just, you know, rarely now, but when I do, it's, you know, Fire it up and just run around Geonosis or Camino and just shoot things. Well, I mean the multiplayer. If it was just a multiplayer, forget it. But that that story campaign that, that's that's something I want them to explore. I want some Inferno Squad in the comics. Mm, yeah, yeah, they're a, but, they're uh, a cool they're a cool bunch. 
Yeah. And so much more to tell. I mean. Well, even Zay. Zay and uh, what's his face? Shriv. Shriv. Like, Shriv is one of the coolest characters in the last five years. Yeah. And, I mean, since since the end of the campaign, we got they showed up briefly in the um, rise of the resistance. Is that where resistance they showed up? Reborn. Resistance reborn. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking of. But yeah, I mean, really quickly they showed up there, but there's so much yeah. more they can do with those characters. And even the intervening years, like what were they doing? Like, were they retired? Like, obviously Dell was up to some, some stuff. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's, that makes that? it harder because I really <laughs> like that campaign, but I still think I'm going to have to stick to the movies. Because when it comes down to it, uh, for me, f- those original six movies, if it's not for those, I don't care about any of it. Like, oh, when it comes yeah. down to it. Yeah, that's... For me. They're my... F- that's... Yeah, that, I mean, that that is the core of Star Wars, right? Those six movies are pretty much the heart and soul of star wars and everything before else i read a book of... before i read a book or watched a car oh man boy the connection on the rock th- this night is not cooperating <sighs> but no like, again i'm sure what you're going is before you got into disney stuff that those movies already owned your heart yeah yeah and i can't yeah. imagine not okay. watching attack of the clones anymore like how how, how do you live how would i live <laughs> Like a hundred years from now, when when weird humans a hundred years from now talk about Star Wars, they're probably still going to be talking about episodes one through six. Like I think those are the movies that will stand the test of time more than anything else that's come out since, or that will come between now and then. Oh yeah, hundred years ago, a uh, hundred years from now, they're still going to be talking about Obi Wan's mullet, right? <laughs> Mating's beard. Yeah. Like, uh, it's a trap. Like, how do you you not hear those lines anymore? You know? Like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like the Death Star throne room. How do you live without that? It's just just not Uh, worth living. (laughs) No. 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 All right. Well, thank you. uh, Honestly, though, like, if it was a question of just the movies this is uncanny i'm waiting in suspense (laughs) 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 oh my goodness it's unrelenting if if it was came down to the original six movies and everything else gets thrown out i would do that i would keep the original six they're my first loves and uh, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know how I would enjoy everything else as much if I couldn't go back and watch those original six movies. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, Makes it's, sense. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, there's, there's no really wrong answer to it, right? It's just, you know, it's that's, that's George Lucas's story and he's always going to be the creator and the core of star Wars is always going to stem from his sort of, viewpoint of, of or you know the way he sees star wars like everybody tries to put that lucasian spirit into it yeah the guy's a nut oh he's a nut 
Uh, and it's, ah. but he's the best nut. <laughs> yeah, I hope he never changes. I hope he's, he's weird and grumpy until the day he dies. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> well, you know, I thought that one was worth a double dip. So Jared, that's that's two gold stars for Jared. And he's he's already sort of like, how do I top that? And like, maybe <laughs> maybe you don't. Maybe you just set the standard for tough would you rather's and. Uh, that's it. Everybody else has, has, has some tough work ahead of them. But we do want to hear your would-you-rathers. So send them on in uh, to tumblingsaber at gmail.com or hit, hit us up in DMs and we'll get them into an up, upcoming episode. And if you want to throw us some book-shaped would-you-rathers, we'll get those on these pods. It, uh, Yeah, there's, there's all kinds of things. Get your creative hats on, guys. Get, get, us, get us your would-you-rathers and any other question you want to throw at us. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed our look at uh, the Star Wars main line and what might be coming down the pipe. Uh, but that's uh, we're going to wrap it up. Where can we find you on social media, Marie? Where where are you going to be uh, crushing people and leaving corpses in your wake? <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Alia Morgane. And you can find my review blog at the Star Wars Review.blogspot.com, where it's been a little touch and go recently because of light publishing and because of me being busy with making sure my house is all perfect. <laughs> but um, I try to post every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, then I've got my. Afra's Artifacts, my YouTube channel about queer Star Wars. And I try to do that as often as I can. It's Sundays at 6 p.m. Central. And when, when it airs, I mean, it's not live. But um, yeah, so those are all the different places you can find me. <laughs> no, again, you're, you're doing great work and prolific, as I like to say. You're, you're everywhere. You're on, the, you're on the YouTube, you're on the blogs, you're on the podcasts. And you know, you're a great presence in this in the in this fan community and a, 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 tr- a tremendous, uh, you know, person to have in our in, in our tumbling saber family. So, thanks for doing what you do, Marie. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Nathan, where can we find you on socials? I'm at NAF Roberts on Twitter, and uh, I'm in the Facebook group. And I just gotta say, I love you guys in there. <laughs> Oh, it's so fun. You guys are hilarious. And yeah, God, so much fun. There's so much. Yeah, and, there's uh, a bit of, uh, yeah some dumb fun happening in there. Oh, there's always <laughs> dumb fun. There's dumb fun. There's good fun. There's some deep thought. Um, yeah. And happy pride, everybody. Woo! Yeah, that's kicking off today. And Star Wars has a bunch of uh, uh, pride variant covers dropping this month. I, I ordered the. Uh, at least I hope I did. The Ray Sloan one. Oh. Mm. It's a good looking cover. I don't know who drew it, but it's great. <laughs> I can't wait to get that one. <laughs> I got to check. Now I have to double check to make sure I did order that. And um, you know what? I hope uh, I hope we're going to be back soon in a couple of days time. And uh, we'll have some Bad Batch to talk about. And uh, we'll see what else happens between now and then. But Thank you guys, everybody, for listening to us again this week. Thanks for giving us more, another hour and a half of your time. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you again soon. And until then, everybody, stay safe, and may the Force be with you. Bye! Bye Bye-bye. Sitting here 
for hours looking at that child pages getting wider like a mirror to myself struggle for the answers questions frighten me circles getting wider it's harder just to see Up to 